0: Thank you so much for taking no the time to talk to us.
1: No problem. In fact, I'm glad it got delayed because I was in the middle of trying to coordinate a monkey rescue and I was like hearing back from people. So I was worried that if you'd be on the call, I'd have to, I'd, I wouldn't know how your format would could be because I'd have to coordinate with people. <laughs> oh, no, no,
2: no, no, of no, of no
3: that's fine. Your, your, work, <laughs> your work has definitely higher priority than this. <laughs> ja podcast bed. hi my name is neha
1: and um, I run an organization called Rescue. I'm based in Pune, and uh, yeah, that's me.
3: <laughs> Short and sweet. Yeah, that, that, that that that's you. I like like you know I just two. Two lines is perfectly fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But though her introduction is short, I think her institution's introduction. Yeah, that would be very big, right?
3: (laughs) Or the work work bit as soon as you get into it. So, Neha, I would like to know what, what Rescue is and, you know, what all it does.
1: Okay, so, Rescue is um, a registered NGO uh, based out of Pune. Okay. And uh, the organization basically works with animals. And we work with all kinds of animals. Uh, we have small domestic animals like dogs and cats. We have a large domestic unit which has cows and buffaloes and horses and donkeys and pigs and boats and um, and then we have a wildlife unit which basically again different kind of wildlife come to us we've had everything from birds snakes jackals monkeys we've had 10 elephants um, we just got a leopard last week
2: <laughs> wow. so um,
1: basically rescue as the name suggests is you know all about animal rescue but You know, so we have on-site teams, and we have a rescue center where animals you know, which are rescued and require rehabilitation. They come to us, uh, they recover and get released back or adopted out, depending on the kind of species it is. So, of course, rescue work is the core of it. But we do a lot of other work to do with uh, public health and safety. So we run like a program called Rescue Against Rabies because that is um You know, a disease which affects uh, animals, but also humans as well. So we're doing a lot of work to do with that. Then we also do a lot of education and awareness with children. We run a rehoming and adoption program. So yeah, there's a lot of things we do, but the core of it is basically animal rescue. And that's what our forte really is. We also like do a lot of work during like natural disasters for animals. Okay. So we've had a lot of floods, um, you know, Kerala two years ago. This year we had Pune, Sangli, Kholapur. Yeah, so yeah. our teams, you know, worked really hard during those times. So yeah, so there's a lot of work that we do, But like I said, you know, at the core we are all about animal rescue.
3: So I think uh, it would be very silly of me to ask you whether you are a dog person or a cat person, right? <laughs> 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 right <now, it
2: laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, sense. I, yeah. I don't. You know, it's 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 one of those questions. You know, when you ask a child, like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up, or you know, who do you like more, your mom or your dad? And I'm like, what kind of question is that? So this is one of those questions. Like, what kind of question is that? Like, what's your favorite animal? Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like now you have all
3: the proof and the work background saying that I love all the animals now prove it okay come to my organization and i can prove it to you
1: <laughs> you know we are one of those few organizations that deals with both the spectrum you know both the spectrums of animals like either you'll find only domestics or only wildlife or you will find even in domestic animals that people who are only dog and or dog or cat rescue but we are you know one of the few organizations that is sort of you know
0: all animal All you kind have of. All you've to do is yeah. be an
1: animal. You've <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> so kind rescue you.
0: <laughs> you're basically like, uh, equality matters even in animal kind kind of a jack of all master of all also <laughs> we're the unbiased kind but that's cool that's that's really really amazing I was seeing that your organization started in 2007
3: that's 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 been a long right. long long time for me right? it would not have been a long time ago right to be yeah. honest I was
1: 23 when I started this wow. I was 23 when I took the decision that I want to start an NGO and of course my parents completely flipped it and my dad was like beggars don't do charity <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Ouch>. inspirational thoughts <laughs> My God.
2: Okay. It,
1: wasn't like, it wasn't very motivating back then <laughs> yeah, 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 you're sure. your quitting your job and you know all of that and I was like well I know beggars can't don't do charity but well I can't uh, rescue animals sitting on a desk from 9 to 6 so right. I'll figure out some other work and you know being um, founder trustee of the organization rescue is obviously not an income source for me so I've had to work doubly hard you know over the last 12-13 years to make sure that a I run something else which is my source of income and then I do rescue as well so it's 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 been challenging but um yeah it was it started at really early in life Now you mentioned, and i'm quite
3: glad for it yeah, yeah even we guys are all glad for <laughs> it that there is something glad. around there in pune in india for that but then you mentioned that you're just like 23 years old when you decided you know what i want to start off with rescue how did that thought yeah. came? because i'm pretty sure when i was 23 i wanted to make sure that what what next watch i can buy or next <laughs> phone i can buy rather than you know what what ngo should i open how did that thought came about
1: So the thing is, I'm actually originally from Mumbai, born brought up there. And uh, I've always had this thing where uh, to me, I can like my calling essentially is I cannot see an animal in pain. Okay. okay if an animal is like on the street or you know a bird in the train you know I'm I'm not bothered but if I see something suffering that's something that I can't handle right. and when I so you know when you stay in Mumbai all you see is dog cats maximum birds okay so it's so it's so hardcore city that's practically all the animals you're really going to see and um, so whenever I see a hurt or injured one I take it to a veterinary doctor or you know call an organization and there were organizations in Bombay that would help but right. when I'm um, Came to Pune, mm-hmm. uh, I kept finding, you know, hurt and injured animals. So many, I've had so many of them die in my hands and I called oh. every single person, you know, any potential person that could help. And I just couldn't find anyone. And, um, you know, so. I met, uh, you know, the other founding trustee of uh, Rescue, her name is Tanya. I, did, I didn't even know her back then. So she basically, you know, contacted me for, to you know, like because she had found a hurt or injured animal and, and basically just contacted everyone on her phone book asking if somebody has a place to keep a dog that is really sick overnight. And I said, okay, you know, I'll help because she had already done all the hard work of taking it to a veterinary doctor and getting its treatment done. But the dog was in a very, very bad shape. Right. And she just needed a place to keep it overnight. And that dog deteriorated so badly. And this was, imagine at 1 and 2 a.m. in the morning, two girls, I was 23, she's 25. And that dog basically had canine distemper, which is a neuro- neurological disease. Oh. And it had progressed so quickly. And the dog was basically mutilating itself to death. And it was so hard to watch. Ah. And, you know, we'd call up, we were calling up all sorts of people and saying, you know, we'll give you whatever money you want. Just please come in health, but we literally got nobody Some one veterinary doctor told us on the phone oh give it some sedative and I were like yeah right it's 2am in the morning where do you expect us to get sedative from right yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and and so imagine you have two girls going to 24 hour chemists asking for sedative I mean everyone even looked at us so suspiciously I'm and sad. you were like, and they maximum they would give us one pill because they didn't know what we wanted to do with it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, it was I mean I'm laughing about it right now but it was very frustrating and we lost that dog that night and it was so bad to literally watch you know an animal mutilate itself to death and nobody helped and then we went around to the few other organizations that did exist in the city but mm-hmm. you know we realized that their focuses were different um some were shelter some were animal birth control organizations so there was nobody who was doing rescue on the road i, I think that was a very critical point where we were like especially for me i'm not one of those people who likes to point fingers at others so we could have just sat back saying you know no you know the government is not doing this or nobody's doing this what are other NGOs doing you know like okay if nobody else can do it stop pointing fingers do it yourself and i think that was that dog was the sort of you know uh turning point and Mm -hmm. we said you know okay let's just do something and And I was like, okay, we need to start an NGO. We were very uh, enthusiastic. (laughs) And so we said, okay, let's start up a trust. Let's start an NGO. It's just two of us. But, you know, we had, I think there was the vision to um, make it something bigger because there was only that much you can do as an individual. You know, one head, two hands, How much? how many animals are you going to save? So the idea was to start an organization so that it could become a platform for other people who also go through the same feeling as us and about feeling helplessness and wanting to help an animal. So, yeah, that's where it began for
3: us. I think that's, the, okay, first of all, I was having, I, I got goosebumps because and that was a tear both in me my and, eye. yeah, both me and Prague have grown with dogs and, you know, it's, and again, my dog was also a rescue dog. She wasn't a breed or anything like that. She was just a stray dog okay. who somehow walked into okay. our house one day and we just kept her. Yeah. Fed her. And we so had she adopted
1: like, you basically. <laughs> basically. Yeah. She said, like, okay, I'm yours,
3: now care for me. And uh, I think Prague also had something similar. Yeah. And
1: okay. honestly,
3: it's it's very difficult. And in, like I come from like I've both me and Prague have stayed in Mumbai, but I come from Indore and I there are till i was there there were no organizations as what you have it was mostly like Mm -hmm. that municipality coming in and those and those were the worst days of my life because i could i could i don't know you we we have all heard this the screams and the shouts and the stories i know i I couldn't stand it but again like kudos to you that was that was that that takes a lot of guts to do that i can't say i can relate to that
0: kind of a pain that the dog usually had. But you know, we we had a lot of dogs. Like my parents and mm-hmm. me, uh we used to live in Nigdi in Pune. And my dad okay. my dad is like a absolute lover of dogs. And so we grew up with dogs and we also had the share the same share of, you know, love and affection towards animals. Mm-hmm. Uh okay. but uh, you know, like you said, like just keeping a dog for the night, right? Yeah. And I remember mm. that, like, when we usually had, like, bitches. Like, my dad Yuri, mm-hmm. really wanted to have, you know, female dogs yeah. around. Same here. So, mm. uh, we always had this trend of having uh, bitches in our house. So, they used to give pups. Yep. Because, of course, yeah. you know, yeah. they right. eventually will. Yeah. And when giving mm-hmm. away the pups, right? Like, so... We used to take an effort, you know, I, I literally, because every pup is born in front of me yeah. and, you know, uh, yeah. basically I want to give it to a person who can take care of it, who can, it you know, because it. we mm-hmm. can't take care of all of them. Right. Exactly, At one yeah. point we had like yeah, 10 or course. 15 dogs in our house. Yeah. So you're like, I can't take care of every one of them. So we used to keep right. giving them. Yeah. Right. So, but giving them was a process. And I remember people really being adamant of not taking dogs. And that was that to female dogs, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. not dogs. just female dogs, like the pups. Yeah. Oh, like okay, okay, they, they didn't take the pups and they like, Oh, this is really cute. They'll take them for two days, and after two days, they're like, Oh, this is too much maintenance.
1: Yeah, yeah, because we run a rehoming center, and um, you know, it is a lot of the animals that come to us. In fact, uh, at the rehoming center are abandoned pets, so you have these everything from St. Don to Huskies, Labradors, Boxers, um, German Shepherds, named the breed, and we've got it. And in the sense that they've been, you know, abandoned after years of living in a home thrown out on the street either with medical conditions or just because of old age and it is so heartbreaking and you know we have a process of course and you know um, adopting a dog from us is, is a process because right. you know yep. we really try to keep our return to kennel rate sort of return to kennel rate low but because it adversely affects the dog every time of it's course. bounced to yep, houses yes, of and um, so the thing is but you know so while we don't, we don't have um you know, young pups to, to give to people. At the end of the day, at least we, we take a lot of effort into the dog that has been abandoned. We train it, you know, we do all kinds of things to make sure that this dog will settle amazingly in any kind of house. That so imagine great. we have a German Shepherd who we are, and we have these two, three cats who are like our dog trainers. Uh-huh. So basically, <laughs> okay. we, well, yeah. So <laughs> if you adopt a dog from us, basically you're going to get a dog that walks beautifully on the leash. You know, he fully toilet trained he knows all basic commands he can tolerate cats he can tolerate children he can tolerate everything wow. he will settle wow. down when you say settle down so hey we may not give you a cute little pup but we will give you an awesome dog <laughs> that is so cool so yeah so we put a lot of work into the rehoming center at wow. yeah, i think
3: i think you mentioned in the like the start of the bit this bit was like you have you know dog pups or dogs old dogs who are huskies and saint bernards I want to know mm-hmm. who are those like, okay, I, I might be offending a few people here, but who are those idiotic people See? in India who's, who's, you know, have who have Huskies <laughs> and <Saint Bernard. laughs> yeah.
1: so are, you know, strangely, there are people like you and me. Okay. So it's got nothing to do with uh, education level or social strata. You have people across all, all these stratas who they will abandon a pet because now they're pregnant. And, oh, they're getting married or they're moving town. Oh. Or it's old. And you know what? The medical bills are just too much. Oh, you know what? I neglected the dog so badly that I got a maggot and it's stinking. Let's just get it out of here. So Yikes. it's old kinds. I mean, it's, it's completely crazy. I mean, it is entirely pet neglect. You know, we go on as uh, about, you know, breeders and pet shops and, you know, continuously, um, you know, ranting about them. But I'll tell you the maximum cruelty happens to pets uh, by negligent pet owners. And that is the highest amount. And in fact, nobody is regulating them. You know, right. there is zero regulation of pet owners. Yeah. In fact, sometimes I look at a dog on the street and I feel like he is. Sometimes, yes, it's a hard life, but sometimes I feel like they are a little more blessed because at least they have the freedom to run, to do whatever they want. At least they're not yeah, cooped up in a balcony or in a home without walks and you know all those things. So that is I yeah. don't know. There's, sometimes I get a bit jaded about you no, know no. who's the luckier one. For sure, I
3: think you mentioned like, uh, and I, I would love to give you know a shout out to a friend of. Mine, uh, reshma She moved here from uh, from Mumbai, and she got her dog mm-hmm. as well. So she got her a passport. She got all the medical checkups done. She got her her insurance here. And I remember, think couple of weeks back, she wasn't feeling well. So and she's like really old, right? The she, other dog, like she, she, she didn't like, abandon her just because she's old. She's or ten something. or eleven years right. old. She's a Labrador, and she was like, uh, I think at two o'clock in the morning. She rushed her to a hospital because, like, she was throwing up or something. Mm-hmm. She ate something, <laughs> some something, something happened. And uh, mm-hmm. and she takes care of her like from like she might not cook for herself but she would definitely cook, yeah, make sure that course, the dog yeah. is and I give her complete respects for that yeah, yeah.
2: very rare yeah. to have people so you like know that. in yeah. this
1: in this field I mean you know so we we rescue anywhere between a thousand to twelve hundred animals every single month wow and you along with that you meet all kinds of people right I see the most amazing side of human beings okay as well and I see like it's completely um, extreme and then you see some really horrible ones as well so you, I mean, the, the spectrum of people that one meets in his work is also quite I know, fascinating okay, for the yeah. lack of a better word. I, but, uh, yeah, you meet all kinds.
0: So I am surprised by the number of animals you rescue a month. Like yes, that's, that's a, a lot. lot. That's a lot. Like, and yeah, like, is- so how <laughs> do you manage that? Like how big is your team and how much effort goes into, okay. you know, getting uh, all of this working? It's a massive machine
2: that you have. <laughs> yeah. Running
1: When we started in 2007, like I said, we were just two of us, our own cars and pretty much nothing. And we've taken baby steps over the years to grow. And... And so obviously, we did not start with rescuing 1200 animals a month. I'm it sure. <laughs> started with probably like 10 animals a month. And then it, you know, that 10 became 100 and 100 became 500. And basically how we work is right now, as of today, uh, we have approximately 65 team members of full-time. Okay. Okay, yeah. And uh, these include uh, doctors, managers, caretakers, drivers, like ambulance drivers, veterinary assistants. So everyone from top to bottom, about 65 people who work full-time for uh-huh. animals. Uh, we have a rescue center. Like I said, we have three units, a so small domestic, large domestic, and a wildlife unit. And we have Uh, Three ambulances. And uh, one of the things that, you know, a policy that we've maintained from day one is it's basically for ownerless and abandoned animals. It is completely free of cost treatment, which basically means if you saw an animal on the street, which was in an accident and you reported it to us, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't tell you that you have to give 500 rupees or 1000 rupees, then we will come. Oh. Basically, if we have the resources to do it, we will just come. If you and we generally tell people, if you know, we run only on donations, we don't get any government funding. Whatever you can give will be great. If you can't afford it or you cannot give it, that's fine too. We will still treat the animals. Right. You know? So we've had that policy from day one simply because we 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 run this organization only for ownerless and homeless animals. So we don't really uh, cater to private animals in right. that sense, private yeah, okay. pets. Okay. So basically, if it's a, if if you saw an animal, it's essentially not your animal. So you're not obligated to pay for it. Yeah. So one of the reasons I did we did this is because. I didn't we didn't want to deter a person from not reporting an animal because they would have, they would think that, oh, I'll have to pay money, forget right. it, I'm yeah, not calling, yeah, yeah. you know, so, the, so we've had that policy from day one. so whether it's a person who is, uh, basically, even if the person has a BMW or if he's a bhajiwala, it, the policy is the same. You know, wow. if the an no. animal is ownerless, it's the same. So you can give whatever you want, and it is greatly appreciated. But yeah, that's that's how we've been operating. And yeah, I mean, for us, we work purely on donations only. So it's just literally the generosity of people that has um, kept us alive for so many years, and of course, all the blessings from the animals. But yeah. Um, so yeah, it's basically just that, and. um, we have to work really hard to get the word out about what we do, because you know, philanthropy and animal welfare is such a challenge in this country. I yeah, think that's and
0: not it's not a, given priority.
3: Yeah, exactly. Either, right? I was just going to say like that it's not on the top part. of the priority list at all. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, but like, I I remember last year when. Um, in the winters last year in Pune, I remember your post on mm-hmm. Facebook saying that you needed uh, heaters, show, uh, like uh, yes. covering uh, uh, stuff like that. And I remember you were like, please don't send us money or anything like that if you're not, you know, um, aware. Like if you don't trust the system, like you can basically just, this is our address. This is the ones we recommend no, on so, Amazon so, and so like
1: just send it yeah, through so us. Basically what do you- Yeah, so what we do at times is, uh, especially when we need something really fast, the thing is there are people who are happy to give funds, but there are also people who like to give things in kind. And there are a lot of things that we do require in kind. You know, so things like heaters, there are times where in the summer we may ask for coolers, you know. Um, So these are things that people are very happy to give and very honestly it saves us the headache of having to go and buy it. You know, so uh, and and, and and people feel, you know, quite happy when they know that they're directly helping the animal, you know, by sending it something that it really needs. So we generally, you know, we put out such appeals, um, you know, when we need things and it's always the response is so overwhelming because people are just happy to send stuff out for animals. That it's is sweet. fantastic. <laughs> like
0: exactly. that's what yeah. you said, right? You you that's the other side of the humankind, right? Where people are really yeah. generous and really good really both both the yeah. spectrums both right? the spectrum. This is a good spectrum where yeah. people
3: would want to help. I know it gets difficult because you don't know exactly how to help, but they want to chip in in any way possible. Like right now sitting right. here, I would, we would love to contribute. Yeah, in any right. way or form. Like
0: that's, that's, that's <clears throat> what I would be like for us. That would be the easiest way is like when you ask for say heaters, we can go onto Amazon and we can pay from here and like send stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easier for us yeah. to do it that way as well. Like, so it is really cool the way I think with your ingenuity, like, because I've been following your, f- like, uh, organization for at least a couple of years now but then i saw like, the way you actually interact with people especially on and the use of social media and the way it's used is mm-hmm. very innovative and like it actually you see the response that people give which is fantastic mm-hmm. i've never seen like a negative thing coming out of your social media accounts which is amazing like True. that is that is a like kudos to you and
1: your Wait. team you know something, it's, I mean, you know, thank you for saying that we worked really, really hard, you know, to put the word out because, but the thing is, you know, it's, um, there is two sides to it because imagine right now as we speak, we have about 304 animals at the center. Right. Okay. And, I can maximum put up thirty social media posts in a month, right? right. Yep. I am not even able to speak about the quantum of work we do at times or to showcase the cases, the animals and, you know, their stories when they come. So it's a real challenge and also I feel like in today's times, you will see on our social media that, yes, you know, when something happens and, you know, an animal is in a really bad shape, of course, we'll write the story. But I feel like, um, you know, we also try to be positive about um, what we're putting out there. Right. I think that a lot of times on social media, you just see, oh, please donate for this animal or this animal will die. Right. That is not yeah. the kind yeah. of message we yeah. send out. For us, the message we want to send out is that, hey, this animal has come to us, you know, we're doing the best we can. If you'd like to be a part of his journey, basically it's about hope and it's, and we share our happy stories and the recoveries, you know. So I feel like people do keep checking back because in this world of everything going wrong and almost every animal comes to us and if it's admitted in the center, it is critical. Otherwise, we just treat it on the street. Right. But, right. So almost every animal that comes to us is critical. So for us, we see so much of life and death on a daily basis that not just everybody else, we know how much we need the positivity as well. So putting out those good stories, the recoveries, you know, I think showing people the hopeful side of things is what is really important and um, And of course, social media for us is, uh, you know, is a very important medium for us to fundraise as well. But our sort of fundraising strategy has always been about, hey, we're trying to do positive work. Please be a part of the journey. You know, that this animal is dying. You give money right now, it will (laughs) go to hell. Like no extortion, Uh, you know, like that is something we steer clear of so <laughs> no that's yeah, what so i that's, appreciate it's so that's, that's
0: the difference that we can see instantly you know a positive even your face <laughs> like a rescue as an operation like there's a smiling <laughs> face at the end of you know every post which is fantastic you know it's yep. not like oh we see this massive amount of gloom in every day but you know uh yeah. and we need to share this gloom no it's not that and it it kind of affects yeah. everybody yeah, everything, that way.
3: everything is not lost you yeah. can still help and you can still go like, anyways you guys are going strong I think because of that. Yeah, I'm sure. And
0: like, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, now we've talked about dogs, cats, but like, you also have these massive divisions where you know you have like you said horses, donkeys, too. You know, yes. right? uh, Like, yeah. and then your wildlife. So how does how did that come into play? And like, what do you think? Like what? Oh, yeah.
1: Everything's been very need based okay, right. at rescue. So like I said, when we started in two thousand seven, it was only dogs and cats. Right, right. also I did not know anything beyond dogs and cats, in mean, being a very city girl, you know, in that sense. Right. And uh what happened is after dogs and cats, of course, when uh when the beef ban happened in Maharashtra, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, or like cattle started getting thrown on the streets, basically abandoned on the streets. Once they were unproductive. Right. Um, yeah. they would just basically be messed out. And then we would we would get calls of, you know, cows and bulls basically eating plastic and dying and you yeah. know you know, we would get calls and they were completely recumbent. Right. And literally we've removed ninety five kilos from a single animal. I mean, that's been the highest that we've removed. Oh my god. But the thing, yeah, so it's, 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 um, so it's need based and then it doesn't matter. I mean, an animal is an animal, right? Like, and it, and it needs help. It didn't belong on the street. It's not lived its life on the street and it's. It's all the things that happened with it, whether it was an accident or whether it was a male calf being thrown or uh, you know, discarded because it is of no use, or, you know, uh an animal that has ingested foreign body like plastic from all the garbage that is around. Um, they were put into these situations because of our policies and our our you know, human doing. And Absolutely. so that's how the cows yeah. and large animal units started happening. Right. And so we would just so we started taking them in. And then uh, what happened is, uh, again, need based because wildlife, because what happened is Pune has really grown. I mean, if you were in Pune, like... Like, I came here 12, 13 years ago. The Pune that it was 13 years ago is not the Pune. You know, it's not the same really, today. Yeah, yeah. It has It has rapidly urbanized. So, a lot of the wildlife in and around Pune had been getting disturbed, affected. And the thing is, people would just come and leave birds in boxes outside our rescue center. And, mm. I mean, they were schedule species and you know technically you are not supposed to handle wildlife without the forest department so I would contact the forest department and say hello we have an animal here but uh, what do you want us to do we have a hospital we have vets that are good at treating these animals but would you like us you know to treat it please let us know what to do Right. right. So right. this started happening so much that, um, you know, finally the forest department, you know, came over, came for the visit and said, you know, please start a unit. Uh, we give you permission to do it. But so, you know, to keep animals and uh, basically we don't hang on to any wildlife. Right. We basically are involved in the rescue and the agitation and we ensure that they're released. So we are not a zoo. But um, the, uh, the, the funniest thing is that the first wildlife, wild animal that came to us was an elephant. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we so have being... never had just So we started only with the biggest one. <laughs> it was so funny. And the way it happened was such a joke because um, there was another animal, there was an animal activist who had won a case where it was an elephant, it was a blind elephant called Lucky. Right. And, uh, you know, he fought really hard for her and, won the case and suddenly he was like he called me he's like yeah I have an elephant but I'm not sure where to keep it and I've never, never handled an elephant before and it was really funny because the forest department at that time they didn't have any facility to keep animals the zoo was full so nobody this poor elephant was rescued and didn't have anywhere to go I was like okay we'll deal with it and then of course I called you know different organizations experts all across the country got in help so well the first elephant. Came and well God was kind because he gave us a really nice gentle elephant to handle uh, but um, yeah several more came after her but yeah the first wild animal that came to us literally was an elephant that, and um, and then crazy. you know it all
2: kind of
1: <laughs> rolled from there
2: that's so like again <laughs> so, yeah, yeah wildlife
1: it's just i mean everything's been like i said really need based you know when a uh, more number of animals started coming to us and i mean i can look at a dog and tell you if it's rabid or not you know right. in that sense but we had no no testing facility in the entire state you know to test whether an animal is rabid or not so like basically i contacted uh, researchers who were working with um, you know, the spread of rabies virus between free-ranging dogs and wild canids. And I just got in touch with them and said, you know, this is what we're working on. Maybe there's some synergy here. So they gave us, you know, trained us on all the testing. So we've collaborated and we work towards you know <laughs> in my ideal world the rabies Sripune. so we are doing a lot of work to do with rabies um, you know so basically the thing is the I when you spot a problem the question is what do you do about it so right. that kind of thing and then you know over the years again so many you know that you get frustrated because you're like I am doing so much but you know the policies of the government are blah 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 right. and what am I doing about it so a lot of us like to sit back and just complain about these Things right, right? Yeah, so right. again, two years ago, I started working with different governmental bodies and you know, so I started working on creating solutions because normally we just like to complain about the government is not doing this and the government is not doing that. So right. I turn around and ask those people, What are you doing about it? Are you just pointing out the problem? Or are you going to them and saying, Hey, here's the problem, here's a solution, here's what I can do to help with the solution. Can you do this to help with the solution? So I think that's worked out really well. So we work with several different governmental bodies as well. I mean, no funding involved, but I think that the work we do with them, especially in departments related to animals, has been going really well. So I think everything to do with rescue has been out of a need and, um, you know, whatever the need of the RA. At
3: that point, yeah, I think I was about to going like I was about to ask you about the government involvement and all that is because mm-hmm. what sometimes I, like, I I think I have a feeling where. Even government does not know how to handle yeah, things. Because they do not have experts. That's yeah, what I feel They don't like. have enough yeah. funding or like obviously we are underfunded for animal no, resources no. and everything.
1: So no, no, no. So the government and the government departments to do with animals are funded. Okay. The oh, okay. agendas are different with, with different species. So right. the oh, okay. animal husbandry department essentially, of course, is more tune to animals that uh, have sort of commercial value. Basically, you know, milk producing right. or yeah. livestock. Okay. That is; those are their agendas mainly. Dogs and cats, not really their agenda, right? right. Um, then you have you know city corporations. So for them, it is more about problem management. And as you correctly said. It is not that they don't care or don't want to do anything. They honestly simply don't know better. And sometimes they just don't have the expertise to do it. They just, it's, um, you know, a lot of times um, they are just implementing things without understanding what the problem really is. Right. Right. And that is the essential, like, for example, animal birth control. It's very simple. Everyone, no matter if a dog problem comes up, everybody says animal birth control is the solution. But it is not the only solution, right? right. So there are a lot of other things in that matrix which need to be sorted before we achieve any kind of population management. So the thing is that something as simple as if you don't know the size of your problem, how are you going to devise the accurate solution for it, Yeah. right? So, how can you say I'm running an animal birth control program that neuters 1,000 dogs a month when maybe that 1,000 dogs a month is completely inadequate. You need to do 5,000 dogs a month to achieve any kind of um, success, you know? So, I feel at times it is sometimes they are dealing with so many things, you know? So maybe not very high on their priorities. Sometimes it's the lack of expertise, the lack of people who understand the problem. But I think that, you know, it takes um, it takes a lot, uh, it takes collaborative work to get things done. And I've seen things get done in the last few years with collaborative work. So I'm not one of those people who will completely diss the government. I just yeah. feel like more people need to be, willing to work with them and if you are willing to work collaboratively and not just point fingers then I think that one can Get somewhere.
3: <laughs> yeah, think, that's true. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, I said they want good ideas to work for things. Like they want so good good ideas for solutions on like the kind of problems. I'm sure they're like two sides
0: of yes. everything, yeah, right? Of like they they will want solutions for things. Like, but this is what I was looking at. See, like, there
1: are there are two sides. There are two sides to it. One is knowing the solution, and second, basically, for example, we have some amazing laws. Okay, the right. dog breeding laws, pet shop laws. Laws are brilliant. We, where we are, sh- where it is short, right now is implementation. Sometimes the government even knows the solution. but implementation is a challenge. Mm, you know, true. so so the thing is, there are it's a slow process, but it ha- it will I mean it happen eventually. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> absolutely. No, like like no, coming back yeah. to rescue. Yeah. you know, you started mm. your wildlife department, your animal, uh, uh, you know, everything, but. Uh, like, what are you looking forward in terms of like, what challenges are you facing currently? And you're looking to overcome them on, you know, okay. uh, your nearest currently, version. Yeah.
1: Right. So currently, I, you know, like, you know, well, over the years, the challenges have changed, you know. Um, but our basic and, you know, the root of our ch- like problem right now is basically because we've been around for so long, Um, So we have a helpline, a web line where people report animals and there are days where you know earlier on like I said you know that pre-treatment policy and something that I refuse to change um, the thing is that when we would we would raise an X amount of funds on the 15th of the month we would evaluate and say hey we only have funds left to treat maybe 100 animals more so we will stop at 100 we will not take 101 because I'd rather do a good job of 100 than do a bad job of 101 right right? now the issue that has happened is because the re- because of the rescue center people just come you know directly with animals without letting us know and obviously when you have an animal bleeding out at your door you're not going to turn around and say no go please take it somewhere else you feel obligated to treat it you know in that sense and in that critical state where are you going to bounce around that animal right right so I feel like the stream of animals coming in is kind of out of control and it is not that we are not capable of handling it but honestly up biggest challenge right now is funding right. when i say funding i mean so we have a per animal cost okay we which we've averaged out whether it's wildlife whether it's large domestic or small domestic so right. 1200 that figure that i gave you that is counting across all species right. okay? okay so basically if i average out our monthly cost it works out to approximately 2500 rupees per animal Okay, oh. which is basically that it doesn't matter if it is a large animal surgery or a small it, it gets averaged out right,
2: right. so right. the
1: thing is that uh when we when you are looking at a cost like that two-third of our monthly expense is sort of stabilized where an x amount of people have pledged that we will donate an X amount of rupees or, you know, from our company so much every month, right? right? right. So that is sorted, but Every month is becoming a challenge to get that rest one third, which is why social media is important for us and which is why we keep pushing that out. But every month is a nightmare. So I, I feel like it's just becoming bigger and bigger because more and more and more animals are coming. Right. And, you know, we even try redirecting them to other people, but you just turn around and come back to us. And it's crazy because they will just show up at your door right, and right. you can't. Yeah turn them away and it's really hard to, I mean, it's, okay, if an animal is not critical, you can tell somebody that, you know, please take it somewhere else or, you know, treat it at a veterinarian's or, you know, do something because we just cannot help. But, um, you know, if an animal is really critical, there is no sending it away. Right, so, right, right. currently, that is a challenge. We are definitely running short of ambulances. We have three ambulances, small and one large, and it is not enough for the way the city is You know, it's just taking our teams so long to get from one place to the other. Imagine one ambulance has 30 cases a day. It is humanly impossible to do it. You know, every ambulance has minimum 25 to 30 cases a day. And then people wonder why you're taking time to come because you're like, every animal that is reported to us is an emergency. It is So hard to get around. So honestly, the funding is a huge challenge. And one of the things I'm really hoping to do is to get people to say, Hey, you know what? We will give you an X amount of rupees a month, which is, it could be something small. It doesn't matter, but that gives us stability to go on. You know, like I know month on month, this will come. So honestly, funding wise, we're really looking to fix that gap. Yeah. Of and getting regular donors, and um, earlier we didn't have that option, but now it's become an easy option on our website as well to for a person to just sign up over there and you know subscribe basically. Right. right. Okay. So and and even people outside the country can do it. It's not just only Indians so we have a PayPal account as well that works you know and uh, for a subscription so honestly we are looking honestly at getting regular donors and the second thing is to uh, basically increase our fleet of ambulances because it's really hard for us to reach everywhere I'm sure yeah makes sense
0: and you know we we have the highest respect and regard for all of this and we definitely uh, at least the both of us are going to be definite subscribers to this thing we've already (laughs) done our effort like but uh, i would definitely ask our listeners to be a part of this as well uh if you have anything that you would want to put out like you know this is you of course said the ambulances are your current most important need but if there's something like uh, you actually want to put out like a message as this is the amount we're looking for or you know even if it's like 100 rupees or 200 rupees or 500 rupees a month yeah. it's not a big deal for hmm. people right it's like a dinner for people like 500 rupees you know, a month that's
1: what you know like in, like for example if we had a thousand people right. giving us um sorry 500 people giving us thousand rupees a month and you know a thousand rupees in the grander scheme of things is one drink if somebody goes out in the night. True. One or True. two drinks, yeah. right. you know. It's, it's But that one or two, that just that amount can make a difference to so many animal lives, you know. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I mean, our goal is to definitely get 500 people to sign up for a thousand rupees a month donation. Oh well, a thousand people for 500 rupees a month. You know, because it's such a small <laughs> yeah. thing in the grandest scheme of things. No, but it absolutely. Would make, it would stabilize an organization that helps 1,200 Animals of all kinds every single month. So, yeah, that would be
0: really amazing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, do send us your links and we'll put them in the yep. description. Yep. So people can directly access that link and, you know, uh, get to it as quickly as possible. And especially really? now, you know, because yeah. and I yeah. remember the rains that happened this year, especially in Maharashtra so and, uh, and the kind of devastation. Because my brother, he's yeah. an Ayurvedic doctor in Sangli Kolapur area so he's in Jesingpur. okay and I like so he came uh, to my place and he was talking about this that people yes. didn't get time the water rose so quickly that people didn't yes. get time to you know do anything so people didn't even get time to free their animals out of their sheds right so the water you rose know, th- and
1: yes we were there right our teams right. were there in Sangli and thousands and thousands. I mean, the official count was, I mean, on day two was like over 12,000 animals, right? right. And you know what? You know, another thing that happened, the last flood that happened there, people had very diligently marked the water level that it rose to. So many of them tied their animals, which is their uh, livelihood at the end of the day, above that water line. Okay. But the water rose so quickly that those animals drowned. You know, and one of the biggest major awareness that we are doing going forward together with the animal husbandry department is to put out the word that during natural, you know, disasters. Please leave the animals yep. loose, yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. their animals are, you know, the animals are tagged, eventually they can go claim their animals. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. at least that animal can, you know, try to survive and fend for itself. Absolutely. And if, you, if you speak to our rescue team that was there, they will tell you these horrific stories about how, you know, you know, like there was a buffalo who was just stuck in the slush for days and it couldn't get up because it just couldn't get up on its feet and it just basically, you know, died with sores all over his body because that poor animal was just struggling to get up, you know, because of the slush it couldn't get up. Mm. And, you know, and obviously the amount of devastation that is, you know, that they've seen is really bad. I mean, whether it was Kerala, whether it was Angli, Puna was really bad as well. So, It was yeah i mean he was telling me the stories
0: and the first thing he did was he being a doctor he did Mm -hmm. not actually just treat the humans he actually went out with Mm -hmm. people to look after these animals and he was he was basically telling me these stories and at that point i was like literally tearing up and i was like i wasn't in the best of circumstances when i went to india but listening to these Mm -hmm. stories i was just like it was crazy I was pretty much saying that how would people not lose in their animals? You know, that's like
2: yeah. basic
0: one one But, and that's yeah. why this season when we decided that we, you know, wanted to talk to incredible people from India and do mm-hmm. things. Uh, the first thing I told Piyush is like, you know, we need to approach her. Like, you know, I know this organization in Pune. I've tried to contact them mm-hmm. before. And you know, I think they're willing to talk about it. And so it was it was amazing, you know, talking to you and uh, knowing that the effort that you take actually makes a difference not, not human wise but at least you know it's it's like it's a drop in this ocean of animals to be honest but it is yeah. massive that drop is still massive so thank you for doing this yeah. to be honest
1: yeah. It's, it's been
3: good talking to you guys as well <laughs> I, It's um, it, yeah, I know it's it, uh, for, for both me and Prague right now it's a very emotional conversation but Naya, I think we've, we would I don't know how we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts to you know talk, take out time talk to us do what you're doing is absolutely amazing We'll make sure that thank you-, you and
1: yeah, well, and thank you, you know, for having this chat. I mean, it was one of the most comfortable conversations <laughs> I've had with two random people. But yeah, I you know, I hope to you know more people get to know about what we do because. It really matters because there are, um, you know, people always say that, you know, I've had so many people turn turn around and tell me, oh, you're in India, there are so many humans that are suffering and dying. Don't you feel anything for them? And I said, of course I do. In fact, I feel a lot more. I don't just feel for humans. I feel for animals too. But, you know, there are a lot of people who are doing things for humans and there are very few who are doing things for animals so you know I, I, I and that's, that's, like it's that's a society I you have to do.
3: take care of everyone even if <laughs> everybody body, has a role even you know? if an organism yeah. can speak or not yeah. speak it's it's as simple as that. <laughs> It's, yeah. And I yeah.
0: think everybody has a role to prove yeah. this world, right? Yeah. Like, so you're doing it for yeah. the animals. There are millions of doctors doing it for other humans. So there is, yes, there absolutely. is, you
1: know, and, and it's just the basic thing that you said, right? I mean, we're all living beings at the end of the day, you right, know, we right. all, there is nobody who has more right or less right to be here. You know? Absolutely, and the and the idea is to peacefully coexist. It is not to benefit at the cost of the other. You know, so and I guess everyone needs looking after. So I guess I just pick the animals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely,
3: yeah. And, <laughs> and definitely Neha will add all the links and descriptions uh, and make sure on Great. on on our podcast description, and we'll make sure that our listeners do you know check check the organization now hopefully they should be able to help you in any way or form but uh, awesome. b- but before we go i would i would love you to you know just give a shout out to the organization to the instagram yeah. handles so they can so anywhere they can reach route.
0: you yeah. you know basically plug yourself in like uh, so,
1: um, you if you want to know more about rescue and the work we do you can visit our website uh, which is www.resqcp.org. Uh, we also have our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter. And they're all, all their handles are resqcp. We also have another Instagram page, which uh, basically, uh, you know, talks about the wildlife work that we do. It's called Wildlife R-E-S-Q. And uh, we also have one more Instagram page, <laughs> which is handled by our vets, uh, basically who get to talk about all the work and, you know, uh, innovative surgeries and mind-blowing cases that they get and how they're finding solutions to different problems. At um, It's an Instagram page called Act. Uh, rescue r-e-s-q-vets so yes this is what you can follow and if you go on our website um there is a new you you click on the how you can help or donate section it will give you all the options and what's really amazing is that you can go on our sponsor page and you know read about the animals that are with us and if a particular animal story calls out to you you can uh, particularly sponsor that animal scare and um, basically make it makes you a part of their journey so you can pick which animal you want to sponsor as well so Lovely. yes that's um, all about us
3: that sounds awesome
1: great stay in touch and uh, keep me posted
2: thank for you sure, for thank
3: sure. you so much take care Have a- bye
1: bye bye
4: bye When we recorded this podcast, it was in pre-COVID times. A lot has changed since then. Um, While the work we do hasn't at all changed. In fact, there has not been a single day that the rescue team has not worked. Um, But the way we work... Um, what we've had to prioritize, those kind of things have greatly changed. So in terms of doing animal rescue, that didn't change at all. In fact, the day the lockdown was announced, um, we knew that uh, we would have to change the way we work. When I say change the way we work, we had to reduce our staff number because they obviously couldn't get out of the house. So the only people who were allowed to work were... The, the people living at the centre, the doctors and the staff around the centre and one or two us from the city who were in places where it was not actually a problem to go in and out. Uh, because we had ambulances, it was um, possible to move around also veterinary services and animal rescue services were listed as emergency and, sorry, emergency and essential services. So uh, we've remained operational throughout. In fact, the pressure on the team increased greatly because the team size got reduced to one third and people were working morning, night, seven days a week. In fact, even till date, there are staff members who haven't taken even one single day off since March. Also, uh, during COVID, we did a lot of work to do with uh, food distribution um, for all kinds of animals. Besides providing, I mean, emergency rescue services, we did liaise with a lot of people to uh, distribute food to the ones who were not able to have access to it. So we distributed more than 45 tons of food in the critical period of the lockdown. Uh, Besides that, uh, I, in my own capacity, worked as in, you know, with uh, with the collector office through the Pune District SPC to enable people to be able to get out to feed animals, of course, responsibly. But, you know, we tried to do as much as we could. Um, we rescued a lot of animals that people had abandoned because uh, they were afraid of, you know, their of COVID or just because they didn't come back home or they fled home and locked their animals inside. So we had some really uh, crazy situations like that. So, so yeah, crazy. I mean, COVID was not really good for the animals in many, many ways. Uh, people have just about started getting back to work. Things have changed. We don't have... Um, we can't have visitors at the centre. We can't have volunteers flowing in like we did before. So, irrespective of the fact that staff has come back, the work pressures increase increased greatly. Besides that... Um, the, the, the uh, you know besides the pressure on us increasing in terms of the hands-on work that has to be done um, the funding pressures increased a lot because this has just been such a bad time for everyone economically. People have lost their jobs, people have not received salaries, businesses have gone for a toss. So I mean donations are not pouring in like they did before for sure um, everyone's having to prioritize and uh, understandably so but that just makes life for us so much harder an organization that are like ours who does not receive governmental funding or any other source of funding besides you know uh, donors and individuals and a few companies who were you know watching the work we do and have always supported us so it has become really challenging even um, fund-wise Um, The one thing that hasn't changed is the work that we do, whether it's wildlife or domestic, we have been doing as much as we could before. Uh, we've had to prioritize in terms of there are other organizations that are doing more domestic animal work, especially for dogs and cats. So we've been focusing on large animals, wildlife, which everyone hasn't been able to get to. We have increased our area of work in terms of the areas like, you know, there are many places that we reach out to um, that we didn't before. Also, we started collaborating with local groups which are in and around, uh, not really in Pune because they're all um, you know, there are several organizations in Pune, especially doing small animal work. But, spe- you know, um, so example in down or in Lanavla and other places, uh, smaller local rescue groups. We've been working a lot with them so that, um, you know, we can together rescue more animals. So we to pl- we play to our strengths and they play to theirs. So together we can do so much more. Times ahead are... A little unnerving, we are putting our heads down and just working really hard but it does look a little bit scary but I keep telling my team that you know just keep working hard, this too shall pass so I guess we're all just hanging in there and doing the very best we can for the animals.